Welcome to Chaz Faction. I am Keith, and I'm joined by two people this week. The normal Sam. Hello, it's me, Sam. And uh, JW, the older. Uh, He's my brother. Yeah. Are you, does that mean you're KW, or are you JW, the younger? Um, I'm Sam Cooksey, the younger. Uh, all right. I guess you can have your own identity for a little while. Yeah. A fine gentleman named uh, Rob Turbo did call you KW one time because you were That's the next. True. I got a shout out in a in a song once. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, he referred to us as his skate in words. <laughs> I thought you said skate in words, and I was like, "What does that mean?" Oh, gotcha. Yeah, skate yeah, inward for a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, for anybody who it, is uh, interested in who that is, that's uh, Black Liquid. The rapper is Rob Turbo to us. And for anybody interested in that is who that is, that's a friend of ours who is now a rapper in Richmond, Virginia, named Black Liquid. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, bigger and bigger all the time? Apparently, he just did a show with Ray Kwan from the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, that ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, that's pretty dope. It doesn't surprise me. I like just. But it is about, very impressive. I like thinking about all the times we used to just go to GameStop to get Sage Wisdom from Rob Turbo, as we know him. And we would always go there, and the emotional loop was always the same. We'd go there, we'd say one thing, he would regurgitate a bunch of nonsense, and we would come out of it being like, I don't know what just happened, but I feel like we just got wiser a little bit. Yep. (laughs) That's how true wisdom is passed to people, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, So that was always fun. Yeah, I I loved visiting him at the mall. So... What you guys been up to? Um, I watched an episode of Dinosaurs last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only have four days left to finish the whole series before they go away from ABC.com, so I'm kind of frantically getting through them. <laughs> what but, is uh, ABC's uh, rush? With it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We've got to get these off of here. Like, ABC's got limited bandwidth, or they're like, look, we signed this deal with Netflix. They want dinosaurs exclusively. And if we don't give it to them, hey, if that's why. Well, the millions of dollars. If that's why I'm okay. Right. Um, no, but uh, I watched an episode. Uh, it was a classic sitcom body swap episode. Perfect. Uh, but Earl body swapped with a willow tree. <laughs> um. So he's stuck in a tree that his company wants to knock down, and the tree is uh, is is walking around uh, and banging his wife as a tree, and and he's British and like says really smart stuff all the time. So he's not just like a vegetable. He's no, not just sitting in a chair. The tree. So the tree normally is like a person trapped in a tree body. He's conscious that, but that's the thing. Earl, when he becomes the tree, he he's able to communicate with the nature around him. Like there's a bird on his branch and a squirrel and stuff. And he like is able to talk to them um, in a way that he wasn't before. Okay. And by person, you mean dinosaur. Yeah. But it, to me, dinosaurs are people. That's just like how I see the world. I also watched an episode that was about um, white music co-opting black music. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> How did they come to that? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, 
Robbie, the teenage son, his friend uh-huh. Spike takes him down to the swamp to listen to some swamp music. And uh, there's these mammals playing in a blues band, and mammals are like, they're lesser. Um, and Robbie's like, oh my god, this music's so good. And they they refer to like the leader of the band. He he only refers to dinosaurs as the lizard, which is like clearly the man. You know, it's like the lizard ain't gonna let you do that. Um, so that's they do dinosaurs and mammals are how they deal with race in that well, show. They also deal with them between two legged dinosaurs and four legged dinosaurs. All right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance. Yes, there's actually a, a line when the baby is is asking his dad. He's like, "What's wrong with four legged dinosaurs?" He's like, "They walk around on four legs." He's like, "I walk around on four legs." He's like, "Oh, you're just too young to understand racial hatred." <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, really. So no I, think, I think that one was about race. I think so. um but yeah they uh so robbie tries to convince his people to like try to get a record deal and he he they play their music for this slimy record executive and then he gets a white guy or a a dinosaur to sing the mammals songs and they get all ripped off but then they decide they're like wow people do actually want to hear this stuff and they decide to start their own mammal run record label did they? Did the dinosaur who co-opted the mammal uh, recordings? Did he resemble Elvis Presley, or did they not go there? Um, he was like he was more like Sinatra. I feel okay. like. All um, right. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. This show's great. I encourage all of our listeners to how how many seasons how many episodes are you trying to cram into four days are you Um, close to the end or you have like six seasons you have to throw in there let's see i'm on season three episode 20 um are they all that long they're all they're 22 minute shows yeah how many episodes per season though Uh, oh so so season three ends in episode 22 so i have three more to watch in this season and then um, let me look up real fast season. I have it up on one of my monitors because that's what I was doing um, <laughs> earlier. Season four is 14 episodes. So I have 17 episodes in four days. That's not hard to do. Oh, okay. And yeah, they're, they're only just, 22 minutes. It's one of those shows where as soon as it's done, you just can't wait to watch the next episode. You know, so it's like it really just watches itself. <laughs> like yeah, while no. you do other shit, like you walk around and <laughs> oh, no. enjoy your life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it having that much nuance as a kid, but yeah, you don't like pick up on that as a kid, but I, some, you tell every once in a while, you'll tell me about whatever episode of dinosaurs you've watched. And I'm like, Oh my God, I cannot believe that they put this on a kid show. Yeah. Like that, that race, that race stuff that you just said, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, I don't uh... feel like it ever was a kid's show. Just that the puppets would automatically appeal to kids, yeah. but it always felt like, I mean, it was a, it was it was trying to be a little crossover in terms of like here are the jokes for the adults and here are the like more sitcommy regular things for uh, it's very are. much like it's clearly a it's a sitcom um, but it's a sitcom that's main goal like it it spends a lot of time parodying other sitcoms um, they had an anti drug episode in which they all got everyone just got super stoned and nothing happened anymore. Um, and the mom was the only one that didn't get high. Like the, the, the job Earl's job, everyone got stoned, including his boss and their entire branch of the company got shut down cause they were so unproductive. Like, but everyone just loved being high. 
they finally stop and at the end they did a classic sitcom like Robbie walks off set and he's like, Hey guys, I'm Robert Sinclair. Like, you know me as Robbie Sinclair. But the entire PSA was please stop doing drugs so that sitcoms don't feel pressured to do anti-drug episodes because they're lame. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's just stuff like that. Like they, it's not a good show. Obviously it's a, it's a nineties sitcom starring a family of dinosaurs, but it's like, it's genuinely interesting to watch because I don't remember any of this shit either. And I don't feel like anybody does, and so it's fun to like. I feel like I feel like someone needs to bear witness to dinosaurs. Yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Like I I don't want to watch dinosaurs, but right. that sentiment it informs a lot of my decisions. Right. <laughs> right. The like, well, Golden Girls, it was good, and I know it had its day, but I'm gonna watch all seven seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that kind of shit all the time. <laughs> Golden Girls is legit good, though. It is. I'm I'm seriously like three and a half seasons deep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching out of seven. I'm watching it all. I love Golden Girls, but I recognize when I'm doing it that it's a silly thing to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I know that, but it's still fun, and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, there's a character they introduced in Dinosaurs for one episode named Harris, mm-hmm. and uh, he basically tells this woman working for him that uh, he, he sexually harasses her like really hard and then she takes him to court and it's like the first time they've uh, they've done this before and all the gang at work they he always makes really clever double entendres and so they refer to him as sexual Harris uh, and the court case is called what sexual Harris meant yeah um, And, you know, it all works out in the end. In the end, I gotcha. I gotcha. What does working out for sexual harassment mean? Um, She she doesn't end up working at the company. So I think it works out for all the men who didn't want their uh, lives changed. Gotcha. Another meninist piece of shit show, huh? Yep. Yep, That was just a, it was a bridge too far for dinosaurs to reach. Yeah, they could do all the race stuff. They they solved it, but then they couldn't they couldn't get there with the with the feminist versus meninist shit. At the yeah. end of the body swap episode, Earl doesn't learn anything, and mm-hmm. the the episode is presented to viewers as a bedtime story to the baby. Um, and he's mad at his grandma. He's like, "That story sucks. Uh, he didn't learn anything in the end." And she goes, "But did you learn anything?" And then he goes. Oh, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I feel like he should be like, no. And then it's the end of the like, I like that joke better in my head. Yeah. That was the baby that she was talking to? Yeah, she read him a, a story about about a, a tree pusher that swapped bodies with the tree gotcha. or souls. I thought the baby only said like minimal things. Does it have like full conversations with people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. What's the deal with babies in uh, cartoons and TV shows like Dinosaurs just having full conversations with people and no one caring about that? Um, I feel like it, it only happens in comedies or documentaries like Look Who's Talking. Right. I forgot about that documentary. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. In that particular documentary, it's really only the audience and other babies that can understand the baby just like it's it's like the family guy joke of stewie being super intelligent they act like they're just hearing baby talk or nothing 
Yeah. Do you think Rugrats would hold up? Because I remember that no. show being the shit. When I was no, I don't. It was my absolute favorite show as a kid. I it, had. A it schedule. didn't hold up when I was seven years older than you guys, and it definitely doesn't hold up now that my two and a half year old likes it. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. It was not. I, I had there were things in it that I was like, oh, that's okay. But I like it, the shtick got old real fast. Even when I was like in my early teens, I was just like, no thanks. Like I like a lot of cartoons that I still think are good but that's not one of them yeah i i absolutely loved it as a kid and i i don't know if i've even tried to watch it but i think i don't think it hold up either so i just want to i want to keep it precious yeah man the most heartbreaking thing that didn't hold up from my childhood and we talked about this a little bit the other night Dub, was voltron yeah do you remember keith you and i like bought a dvd or i don't know maybe i feel like i got you like the first season as a somebody or somebody did give me the first season as a present and in like a really nice tin like steel case thing, yeah i was pretty sure i bought super that. excited to watch it it's um, pure it's pure nostalgia and that's the thing i i recognize what you're saying like i i joked around the other night about being it being great <laughs> it is great to me but i know what it is like i'm yeah. not i have no illusions uh and it's also it's a bastardized it's like in the time period before i don't know 10 years ago when they would just grab stuff from other countries and just kind of rip it apart for like the American market. And so it had nothing to do with like what the original thing was, whether that was good or not to begin with. It was like, how can we change this all around to make, to sell toys or to do whatever? Like it it was that kind of a show. But what I love about it and will always love is the opening with Peter Cullen, who does the voice of Optimus Prime going Mm. like from days of long ago from yeah, uncharted yeah. regions of the galaxy. And he goes through the whole, like, the legend of Voltron, and the whole time is just showing footage, and then the robot voice that goes, Voltron, defender of the universe. Like, that shit to me. Like, I have an emotional reaction to that, and then the show starts, and I'm like, oh, this is bad, and I turn it off. You can just <laughs> say you don't really remember it. You don't have to, like, try to lie like that. Right, fake. <laughs> fake all the lines that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Completely by heart. Would you like me to do the entire thing, or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no, we would not. No, please don't. <laughs> it's over. I'm past it. But no, that's the new. I really, really like the new Voltron series. I think yeah, the new Voltron's cool. really good. Um, it's got there's a little bit of a like the I'm budget say and the animation. It's the pretty colors. good. Um, but I liked it a lot. I it's really good as like just a very basic, uh, no nonsense kind of superhero origin. Uh, for these for this team of kids who get to pilot robots now, like it, yeah, what yeah, it's not it's not like a it's not an amazing show in its own right. What I think it is, and what I think it's successful at, is being kind of like a good version of the Voltron the way you remember it, but it didn't actually exist. It's like mm-hmm. the Voltron that I think I watched as a kid, and then I go to watch Voltron. I'm like, oh, this isn't yeah. very good. But this one is like, oh, yeah, all right. This actually has, like, well-written dialogue, and, like, it's interesting. Like, the uh, the the plots and the character development and stuff is, is decent in it. But it's a it's just an action cartoon for adolescents. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, I did enjoyed what I watched of it, but I never felt very compelled to, like, click to the next episode. And that's sort of, like, I didn't, I didn't love... I didn't love it because I wasn't like, oh, I got to keep watching Voltron. But I did like it. Like, it was well made and I'd be happy to watch it at some point. Yeah, it's, I think I could, if I was 12, I would love it. And my when my kid is 12 and he watches it or whatever, something like that, 
I would be like, yeah, okay, this is all right. Versus DVDs of the old Transformers cartoon or Voltron become pretty insipid pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they really were just toy commercials. And whether this one has that behind it or not, it still just feels like a decently written show by people who cared about what they're writing. Speaking of uh, Transformers, I just want to throw in real quick that my favorite thing that happened on Prime Day, which was an Amazon thing, mm-hmm. was someone posted a picture and the it was a picture of Optimus die, spoilers dying in uh, the 80s cartoon movie. Transformers, um, the movie, the only one. Right. Uh, and it, and the caption said, let's all remember what Prime Day was really about. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I saw that. Or, or like how it got started or something. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge oh, wow. deal. I can as a as the resident old guy on the current podcast. Like I was 5 or 6 when that movie came out and me yeah. and all of my friends saw it and had reactions to it. And Optimus Prime dying in that movie was a huge fucking deal for everybody. We were all really bummed out. There were like yeah. kids crying in the theater and shit. Yeah, um, I mean, he was for real dead. Like, he did not come back at the end of the movie. Mm-mm. No, they killed um, him, and the whole point of it was, let's get rid of these toys so we can bring in new toys. And they did not uh, anticipate the American kids' reaction to that. And so they, like, within a few episodes of the next season of the show, which was all about the new people from that movie, mm-hmm. they had this whole, like, resurrection of Optimus Prime that made no sense, but they put him back in the show because they... I think lots of angry letters from moms and stuff. <laughs> like, See, and that's when I stopped watching. When the show, when the show about transforming robots um, from another planet stops making sense, I don't. I'm not into it. Yeah, is it too much to ask that they just make it make sense? Right. Yeah, come on. Um, what else you got going on this week? Um, I had a thing I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember it, so I'm going to come back when I do. Cool. Sorry. I just want I I want to talk real quick uh with J-Dub about this new Doctor News for yeah. Doctor Who. Oh, um God. just really quickly cuz there's nothing really I mean a new a new person is becoming the doctor. Uh it's the 13th doctor. Uh and for those who don't know Doctor Who is about a time-traveling alien from another planet who periodically will regenerate into another body, which is just a way of the show switching actors right. every they, few years. They, they live in spray-painted cardboard, and every once in a while he's like, oh, I'm tired of the spray-painted cardboard, and then another doctor lives in the spray-painted cardboard. I don't even... I can't even figure out what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just low-budget low and terrible. No, like, they... I don't... I feel like you haven't watched it all. It's one of the most... You're correct. Well put together... Well, <laughs> well made, uh, best production value shows with solid every time, solid writing, great ideas and execution every time. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, you must be talking about a different show. <laughs> yeah, um, but they they did recast Doctor again, and this time it's for the first time ever. It's a female Doctor. Yeah. Um, it's big stuff. I feel like it's cool. It's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about Jado? Um, yeah, I didn't. I haven't looked up anything. I haven't seen like other than you telling me, "Hey, there's a female doctor now." Literally, mm-hmm. all I know about it. Um, I have really liked all of the doctors that have shown up since they rebooted the series in whatever, mm-hmm. 2005. Um, they've made jokes even on the show about 
a female doctor. Like when Matt Smith first regenerated into the new doctor, he, uh, he like grabbed his longish hair and was like, I'm a girl. And then like saw a mirror and then wasn't. Um, and I think they've gotten a lot of shit for just having it always be, you know, British or, uh, Scottish white guys, uh, Mm -hmm. for a while. I think it's definitely time to break out of the mold a little bit. I really liked as, as little as I've seen of the newest doctor that, is up uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, I really like that they switched away from like the young hip doctor guy to an old man and like changed around what that does to the characters instead of being like, here's romantic tension all the time. It's more of like a weird father figure uncle kind of thing going on. It makes it more yeah. interesting for the other characters. I think the same kind of thing, like bringing in someone that's either female or, or whatever else like different um, could really make some fun some fun differences in the silly storylines that they do. Sure. Yeah. And I, I like that the show is silly. I think Sam, mm-hmm. that's one thing that off puts you or is not interesting to you at all, but I just like that. Yeah, like you said, the ideas, the ideas like. that they have are good ideas. They don't always come together well, but I, the show is just fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, and the doctor is always good character. I feel like that show is always just about really, the performances and whoever plays the doctor at any given time does a really great job. Yeah. Uh, and I, I solid. like, I have my favorites, but so far it really is. It's the doctor carries every episode. So even when the episode starts and you're like, this is going to be silly and crappy. Like you can tell yeah. early on. Sometimes the doctor character and the actors that play him like sell the show to you. Like you end up, there's always moments and scenes and lines where you're like, fuck. Yeah. Like, this is great, even in a crappy episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when a really good episode comes along, which does happen, uh, it's it's all the better because of that. Yeah. No, and I'm I'm pretty right. confident I would like the show. Um, it's just fun to argue yeah. against it. And I also, with, with no hyperbole, I fucking hate the fandom of Doctor mm-hmm. Who. Oh, um, me too. And it makes it Straight very up. hard for me to entertain the idea of trying to watch it. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about I don't know. I think fandoms in general, and even the fact that that word exists, it's all like newer, like since the internet has become ubiquitous, uh, all of that has become so much worse. Like nerd, um, nerd rage focus, like the way that, the way that people will latch onto a specific thing and be, I mean, it's, it's the word fanboy was sort of created for the same reason, but that's, it feels like if you are not, 100% 100% a fanboy of this specific thing, whatever it happens to be, and Doctor Who's one of them. Star Wars is there now. Uh, Star Trek, I guess, has always been there. Uh, then you're like... There's no such thing as being a like acceptably casual fan of anything. Mm-hmm. And that's... Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. It's, it is. And I, I try to stay away from that stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, especially with Doctor Who, because... <laughs> There's so many like ridiculous fans of this stuff, and they all have like their own. I've I've watched like a few videos of people doing like their own theories and stuff. I'm like, this shit doesn't make sense. I'm gonna stay away from this and just enjoy it for the reasons that I like it. Right. Uh, um. But yeah, so I'm excited because Capaldi has actually been my favorite Doctor, so it's really hard to think of someone else being the Doctor, even though I know that's always what happens. Yeah. Um, but my favorite parts of the show are when a Doctor is ending. Um, and kind of seeing how they go out, 
and when they change into a new person and how they react to their new body. Um, those are, those are some of the best parts of the show. So yeah, it's really fun. And it's, it's an emotional loop that Dana and I have talked about it. Uh, spoilers. My wife hates no, being known as this, but loves Dr. Who <laughs> she mm-hmm. acts like she doesn't. And she likes it more than I do, I think. Um, <laughs> but it's a loop where you get to the end of a doctor's run of an actor, like, deciding they're going to move on or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and you can tell like based on their performance that they're legitimately sad to be leaving the role and they do their whole thing where they're going to regenerate and it's like it's really a bummer every time like whether it was your favorite one or not at that point it's yeah. like oh man it's over and then the new one comes in and you're like this is wrong and it feels wrong for like two or three episodes of like who the hell is this person and then eventually after like a season or two or whatever that person when they're going to regenerate you're like no that was the doctor. This, this mm-hmm. feels wrong. And you just, it happens again. You get like sad about it, but then you get really stoked for the new person. And it's happened to me, whatever, four or five times. Pretty neat. I was, I always get sad and then immediately laugh because as soon as they regenerate, the new doctor always says something really off the wall and, and has, I don't know. It's just fun. It is. They've kept it pretty amazing so far. That aspect of the show. So I'm excited to see you with the, the switch, uh, the gender bending switch. I, what my hope is, and what I think is really going to happen, is they're still going to write the doctor as a doctor, and uh, I feel like they'll never, they'll never be like, well, we have to write it as a woman doctor now. It's just the doctor yeah, is the not. doctor, and then the actor or actress playing them just puts their own little flavor on it. Right. I think just like having Peter Capaldi be the old guy who comes in, and you can't believably or not creepily make him. Uh, the boyfriend character, like there are things that will have to be written differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make it a decent show where like if she becomes sort of a mother figure or if she's like a running off and getting into trouble all the time and becomes sort of like a little sister or a big sister character to whoever the companion is, it'll be interesting to see if they keep sort of the status quo of this is the girl companion that runs around with doc- with doctor, uh, with the doctor character, or if they immediately switch it up and are like, here's the new boy companion. And like, mm-hmm. if they just decide to gender bend the whole thing, that might be a little, uh, on the nose but other than that stuff other than like here's why like we're not going to immediately make a romance because this character's already been established to be straight or whatever so this is how they're going to play off of each other yeah there shouldn't be anything other than this is who this character is there should be jokes or whatever about the new body the same way there always are like when peter capaldi was all of a sudden the old guy Mm -hmm. um but otherwise yeah the character should stay the character and there's nothing else there's nothing gender specific to the character and never was Cool. Yeah. I just don't like it because, like, what's next? Doctor Who marrying his pets? Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. That's what I always say. Yeah. Yeah. Does the Doctor regenerate into like some Planet of the Apes sort of situation next? Yeah. Is Andy Circus uh, mocapping the next Doctor? No. Remember the whole low budget conversation? It's just yeah. it, it's just <laughs> Andy Circus and mocapping. <laughs> Yeah, he's just going to have ping pong balls. He's going to bounce around. They just won't put any effects on him. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that reminded me of uh, talking about, like, nerd fandoms and stuff. Um, there's, I've, I've had a couple conversations with friends lately just about how frustrating being a nerd is. Like, there's something really cool about the fact that it is it is very mainstream and acceptable, whereas it didn't used to be, 
you know, 20 years ago or so. Um, yeah. But that comes with all sorts of other pitfalls, like, because being an actual nerd means there's also like, you have a sense of ownership of the things you like, yeah. uh, and they're precious to you. And so it's really painful when you have all of these other people, it feels like they're invading your space, and they shouldn't be. Uh, and so we, we went out to dinner uh, at this burger place by our house, and this girl is like, getting our drink order and she sees i've got a a, my wallet's black and white and it's spider-man in a symbiote suit um which i will i will admit like i'm a as far as i'm concerned i'm a casual marvel fan right Um, like i i like marvel and i know a decent bit but compared to how much i could know like i'm a pretty surface marvel fan um but i love the symbiote suit i've always thought it's super kick-ass um and so she's like, oh, my God, I love that wallet. And I was like, oh, thanks. She's like, are you guys, do I have, like, a table of geeks here? And we're like, yeah, pretty much. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so awesome. Like, I can, like, be myself with you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a little bit worried, you know, but, oh, yeah. cool. And uh, then uh, she comes back, and I'm, like, asking some questions about food. And then I like finally I like make my own burger and I get this order out and I'm like I think that'll do that'll be it. She's like she goes yeah that'll do pig. And then I pretended to be offended. I was like uh, excuse me. She's like no you know that reference right? You gotta get that reference. Babe pig in the city. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was like no, no, she was part of the babe pig in the city fandom. <laughs> yeah exactly. But no I was like I was like oh oh shit like I was like yeah yeah no I get it like. But she walked away and was like, oh, holy shit. Like, babe, pig in the city was what she <laughs> And then, uh, so then she comes back later. She brings us, she fucks up an order and brings us, like, the fixed version. And uh, she's, like, walks up to the table holding it. And she's, like, um, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and... I'm and, mad. I'm actively mad. Yeah, yep. And she sets it she sets it down on the table and she's like, Oh god, you guys are great. Like, no one ever gets this stuff and then walks away. And then later or it was it was actually earlier, she turned around to walk away and she holds up her hand uh in the Klingon thing and she's she says she goes, I'll be Spock. I assume uh, you mean Vulcan. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Vulcan. I do mean Vulcan. Uh, she goes, uh, I would never pretend to be a Star Trek nerd. I would never say I'm a Trekkie. But I do know that that's... You're ready to give us, Sam. Uh, yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, that was just a, a miss. Oh, God, that's awful. Um, but yeah, she goes, I'll be Spock. She's like, oh, I always do that to my table, and I just get these blank stares. And it's like, it's just ridiculous. Like, okay... Holy shit, like the Star Wars theme song and Spock's hand signal are not deep nerd cuts. No, like everybody to, on the planet really wants to believe that she is amazing and was doing a bit for herself. I would love that. <laughs> Where she was um, just like, okay, I'm going to play this up and be the worst and see how long it takes them to react. <laughs> I want that so to be rough. true. But uh, we, uh, I really wanted to write in the check. Uh, in quotes, I am Iron Man, Iron Man 2. Uh, <laughs> and then Michael Scott under that. Yeah, yeah, Michael Scott. That's, when she said uh, Babe Pig in the City, that's, I was like, holy shit, she's Michael Scott. Like, that was a uh-huh. super fucking Michael Scott thing to that's, say. And that's the thing. Like, that's what I want to believe is that she is a waitress, real life Steve Carell, who is just having a blast being the worst. Yeah. Uh, 
And it was like she was a super nice lady. Uh, I'm she was she seemed like a nice person, but she was like so forcefully trying to be a nerd at us and was just so not doing it. That uh, I think that's uh, it's interesting going straight from the fandoms of things suck to that conversation because I think that illustrates why it's difficult like to be geeky on any level whether you decide you want to be casually about something or be really into something there's this soft line like it's not a hard line at all between that whole like toxic fandom thing where people who are super into doctor who and like walk around with their own sonic screwdriver replica and like it's a vape pen you know, like yeah. this right oh jesus <laughs> uh, but there you have that and then you have people that are you know like we're self-identifying you know geeks and nerds about lots of stuff and just in general because we sort of are like i'm going to take in movies and tv and video games and sci-fi stuff and whatever in general and i have my specific things that i pick that i really really like and the other things that i'm more casual about but it is when somebody else comes at you with any of that stuff at whatever level it's really easy (laughs) to get annoyed with it and get pissed and that's where you may feel some sort of ownership over certain things. And then when someone comes in like that, you're immediately like, oh, and it's easy to imagine that someone with way worse social skills, somebody who isn't able to just go out and hang out with people that aren't other nerds, that has decided that Doctor Who or whatever is their ownership, if you, as yourself, come in or say it's Marvel with your Spider-Man wallet, and they're like, oh, man, the the Bendis run was like so And you start to sort of be like, hey, hey, I like Spider-Man. You know, but I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Like that's way deeper than I go. Th- I can see the same thing happening in their head as you reacting to this girl, but just being like, "Oh God!" Like this person is, you know, they're throwing out the most obvious shit to me as if they know anything about what they're talking about. And I feel like there's just degrees of that with every right. nerd. And it, like I said, there's no hard line. But it's difficult, I think, for everybody on all sides of that. And so who knows what this girl's deal is, but I want to believe she's doing a bit. (laughs) Um, I would love to. I I can tell you with most confidence she wasn't, uh, just based on her. I uh, believe that's true, but I want want to. That would have been great. But no, I agree. And like the, the difference, one of the differences is that like, Knowing your limits, Master Wayne, is important. Um, and like, if if I pulled out my Spider Man, someone's like, "Oh, holy shit! I Spider Man's my favorite comic character." I would then say to them, "Oh, I've always really liked him. I don't. I haven't read a ton of Spider Man stuff, but I love the symbiote suit. Like, and just I would just explain why I bought that wallet because I really like the art, and I've always liked the symbiote suit. But that I'm not like I'm a I'm not a deep marvel fan like i would call that out and that's what bugs me is when people it's it's when they act like they're super hard into it and they're not but they continue to act like they are it's not that it's not okay to not know uh that i just referenced batman begins like it's okay to not know that what i hate is be like i'm a total fucking batman freak and i'd be like really you don't look like it and you know it's it's not who you are on the inside, but it's what you do that defines you. And they're like, what? what you know? That defines me. <laughs> like, I, that's, that's when I get frustrated is when it's, I feel like people are posturing and right. it's in regards to something I actively treasure. 
Right. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll say that. There's no soft line, I think, for me either with posturing. Like whatever it is, if you have ownership over something, great. But the posturing thing, whether it's, oh, no, I totally, I mean, Star Trek, it's fine. I mean, I don't love it. I mean, it's not like I have all the Enterprise models on my desk or anything. Like doing it either way, like pretending to not like something much because you're worried you'll be a nerd or right. pretending to love something so much to be sort of in with people. That's, But I do think there is a huge swath of the, like, geek nerd community that isn't super casual that is like really really socially awkward like the fact that we lucked out in being able to like talk to people and talk to each other and like live regular life and like meet girls and talk to them okay like we're not the vast majority of people who are into nerdy shit and so that even just being sort of like why don't people just be more straight up I think it's really, really hard for a lot of people that are into stuff like this. Like they can't interact with other people at all. And so a lot of the time, if they, if they see that little bit of like common ground of whatever, of your Spider-Man wallet or something, and then try to connect on it, being straight up is like not something they can do. Like they just are. Yeah. They'll go way too far one way or the other. Um, and now I don't know about this girl. She sounds really, it sounds fakey and strange, but who the fuck knows what's going I just yeah the the particular you know avenue of of nerdiness that I don't like uh, that I'm complaining about right now is more that like geek uh, is to some people like geek is a particular image and all you need to do to be a geek is wear a Darth Vader t-shirt and uh, you know have a Loki keychain like it's all it's it's like this this catch-all like there's there's a catch-all geekiness that's why i really hate those uh loot crates those geek crate things right Mm -hmm. because it's just this it it completely perpetuates that attitude of you are a geek therefore you would like a box that has a teenage mutant ninja turtle toy a back to the future poster a doctor who this uh a thundercats this like it's just all it's everything nerdy that's out there um and like I feel like if you truly like most most people who truly like some of these things only truly like some of those things, right? Uh, and so it's it's this weird catch-all like geekiness. There's this there's this geek image that I feel like people just opt into, and then they they it's been decided that because they've opted in, it means they like all these things, whereas they're not actually deciding that they like any of it. Um, yeah, I mean I think geek chic is the thing, and yes. uh, and it's that kind of thing is very trendy at the moment. And because the Marvel movies have been going on for 10 years, I mean, there's a whole generation of younger kids who not younger kids. I don't mean that, but I mean like teenagers and 20 somethings that basically older kids. Yeah. Older kids. Um, but younger people since I'm old, um, that have grown up with this stuff being sort of the pop culture. Like at this point, pop culture is massive compared to what it used to be. Cause it used to be, we have three TV channels and these are the movies that came out in theaters this year. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Pop culture. Everybody had the same experiences. Now it's all over the damn place. And so it is like, people will grab onto specific stuff like doctor. Who's my thing. They'll be like, I don't care about that comic book shit. Like that's all mainstream. And then people will get all into the comic book movies and just love those. I love, I mean, I feel like we're in a, we're in a heyday of having cool nerdy shit out there. Uh, but it also probably will pass. And then at some point, we can all be ostracized again. 
Yay. <laughs> we'll we'll get no, there again, guys. Our kids will be ostracized. There you go. Our kids, if we turn them nerdy, will uh, will be ostracized for continuing to like this shit when it's no. Um, I had an opposite interaction today where this girl at work was trying to say that she wasn't a nerd, and she kept trying to proclaim like i'm not a nerd i'm cool i'm cooler than you guys and i was like you have a harry potter tattoo on your body and she was like well so what harry potter's cool i was like no that's nerdy and then it got to a point where i was like what are the last three movies that you saw and they were all marvel films and i was like you're a fucking nerd like get over it yeah and she just wouldn't let it go she kept insisting that she was cool because she wasn't a nerd and uh yeah that, that kind of speaks to like where we're at with the stuff now like the fact that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a mainstay in people's uh, hearts and minds right yeah. now uh, is there's there's no there's a barrier now. Like before that movie came out, if you knew who Guardians of the Galaxy were, that's how I know that you actually read comic books because right. nobody knows nobody knew who they were. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't fathom like growing up how I've grown up and with like the knowledge of stuff that I've had and not had like the fact that there is the guardians of the galaxy series and that there is a real Hollywood movie with a budget behind it for Dr. Strange and Ant-Man even just a few years ago were as obscure as they've always been. They were such deep dives, even for comic nerds who'd be like, yeah, I love the Avengers. They'd be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I've never read much about Ant-Man and he's been an Avenger forever. And then people who I read Marvel, I like Fantastic Four, like Spider-Man. Yeah, I never really read any Doctor Strange. Like, he, they were, are deep cuts, and the fact that now those are household names, like many millions of people have seen the movies about those guys and are excited to see them in other stuff, is crazy to me that we live in that time. Yeah. yeah. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's show. I'm actually going to stop it right here. We did a whole episode. The rest of this episode was about. Uh, video game series that we love called Metal Gear, but it ran super long, so I'm actually going to chop it up into a separate episode. Um, check that out if you care at all, but this week's episode, I'm going to cut off right here. Thanks for listening. You can find us at the usual spots. Uh, Twitter is at Chatisfaction underscore. Uh, I'm at Double Jump Chump. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Chatisfaction. Um, Rate, review, subscribe at iTunes and Podbean, and check back with us next week. And if you like Metal Gear, enjoy our bonus episode this week. Thanks.